Welcome to Kidney Talk, a program of Renal Support Network, a show that streams health, happiness, and hope to the kidney community. You can download all Kidney Talk shows from iTunes and find a variety of resources to help you navigate this illness at rsnhope.org. Please welcome your host, Lori Hartwell, who has lived with kidney disease since the age of two. Well, welcome to Kidney Talk. Today, I'm very excited because I'm speaking to David Rush. He's a producer and recording artist, and he's toured with Pitbull, and he's been all over the place. And unfortunately, we have something in common, kidney disease. So I'm so excited to talk to David and hear about his journey. Welcome to the show, David. Thank you for having me. My pleasure to be here. So um, so tell me a little bit about yourself and the audience that, you know, you, you're a recording artist, you're a producer, and tell us a little bit about what you've done. Uh, well, my name is David Rush. I have been doing music for about, man, a little over 15 years now. Um, I started very young, um, was really into music since a kid. And uh, started to follow that dream. I did that in acting and did all the acapella choirs and everything, traveling choir, everything possible to get myself out there in the entertainment world. And I also played sports all my life and uh, just really been a big fan of uh, entertaining people. And um, and like you said, we have kidney disease in common, which kind of popped his head up around 10th grade of high school. So I've been dealing with that for a little bit of time now. I was reading about that story, and I just thought it was fascinating about being, you know, playing football in 10th grade, and you just always felt like your socks were too small. And, you know, I, I can kind of relate to that when I go to my closet and I might put a couple pounds on. I'm like, oh, no, it's the clothes' fault. It's not my fault. And and somebody's been sewing um, them smaller in the middle of the night. But um, I, I thought that was compelling because in, in, in the beginning you were in denial and you just felt like, you know, there's something wrong with the socks, not something wrong with my ankles being swollen. Right. I really felt like maybe, you know, like the socks, the cut were too small and they were making these rings around my leg. <laughs> and I just wasn't sure what was going on. So um, I made those very, I've always been a big kid. So, of course, I made my excuses and uh, just wasn't sure what it was. I really just thought that, man, I, I should wear ankle socks all the time. So <laughs> that's what I did. It wasn't, didn't know that I was just really retaining fluid. Oh, wow. And, you know, the other interesting fact that I learned um, on the Internet was that you were dating a, a, a girl who convinced you to come to work because she was a medical assistant. And then I guess you were tricked into getting your labs and everything done. And, you know, you you learned you had kidney disease as a result of that. Yeah, that, that uh, beautiful young lady whose name uh, Noemi Alvarez at the time. She is now Noemi Peterson. She is now my wife. <laughs> that was, um, she picked a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah she, she's actually with me on here. I'm actually in Chicago right now um, on behalf of Northwestern Medical School, speaking on behalf of all kidney patients out here to uh, try and just um, keep, keep abreast moving forward uh, in, in kidney development and, and uh, trying just to see what we can do to make people more aware. But yeah, that young lady um, definitely told me I needed to come into her job to see how she did her job and just wanted to do a physical. <laughs> and, I, and I, you know, me being the, the perfect boyfriend I was at the time went to go just get my, you know, my brownie points and ended <laughs> up getting a full, a full run over and um, ended up finding out that my numbers were bad. She, she really saved my life, to be honest with you, at the end of the day, right. um, if she wouldn't have brought me there. I wouldn't have known that what creatinine was. I wouldn't have known 
what BUN and, and all those crazy letters that you don't know when you first start this journey um, was. And so I, you know, like you said, once that happened, man, and she'd been with me through it all, I just had to make sure I just never let her go again. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we were together through high school before that as well. So we, today actually marks today, specifically this day, March 8th marks our 18th year being together. Oh, wow. That's wonderful. Congratulations. Thank I, you. Thank you. I mean, it is when you have an illness and you have somebody by your side, it's super special. And, um, you know, I, um, I, value my husband we've been married um it'll be 20 years in may and you know it, it is it's and and you know you often hear and you've probably heard this too that oh you have kidney disease and you know sometimes people feel like they're damaged like they can't have a relationship or they can't get married mm-hmm. and it's like you know everybody has stuff i can guarantee you right. that mine's just a little bit more out there when you have to do dialysis or you need, need to have treatment so um when, how old were you when you discovered you were having kidney failure and would need dialysis? Um, when I got to dialysis point, I was around 24 years old. Um, I had graduated college, came back to town, and I was in Atlanta for school. And when I got back to town, I um, went to go see a doctor. And you know, the whole time that I was in college, of course, you know, they were, I knew something was going on with my kidneys, but... At 18, 19 years old in Atlanta going to college, you're not thinking about blood pressure pills or going back to see a doctor for a follow-up. You're trying to figure out what your next meal is and, um, you know, who 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 has the, the answers for the exam coming up. That's what I was more worried about than uh, going to see a doctor. So with that being said, coming back home and going to see a doctor again on behalf of my wife and then... Uh, getting set up with a specialist and finding out that my numbers were really bad at this point. Um, and, and if I didn't start dialysis in a year, I wasn't sure if I'll be able to see the year, my 25th birthday. So that's wow. when it really hit was 24 years old. Cause my creatinine was about a 14 or like about a, not yet. It was about like a seven or eight. And they said within a year, if you don't start, you know, you might not make it to your next birthday. So that's when everything kind of hit home. So tell us a little bit about, you know, how you, I mean, you you had to deal with it. Obviously, you're here because if you if, uh, but you mm-hmm. you decided to um, choose a treatment for kidney failure. And can you tell us a little bit about how you made your choice? Okay. Well, first, my my first choice wasn't made. For, you know, I didn't make anything. I was sent. I woke up on dialysis. I actually went through that year, and about eleven months in, the fatigue and everything kicked in, and I ended up passing out and and um, and and waking up. In in a uh, in center facility, um, and, and was on a dialysis machine for the first time in my life. Um, I did it dialysis there for about a year, and then moved to another facility. And then um, that's when I started asking questions, and that's when I was just signing a pit bull, and I was, he wanted me to go on tour, and I wasn't sure how I was going to tour, and everything like that. So I thought that you know there had to be a way I could do this on the road. And me inquiring those questions is when I found out about Next Stage Medical, and then I ended up training for that, which is a home hemodialysis. And once I trained for that, I ended up going home and doing treatment at home and ended up taking it on the road with me uh, to do a 40-city tour alongside Pitbull and, um, and just toured the whole road doing treatment in all the hotel rooms all over the world. 
just for those of you who may not be aware, like Home Hemo, it's it's about the size on um, the actual next stage machines. There's different types of machines, but this is is about the size of a microwave. And and you know you you can travel with it. I traveled with it when I was on Home Hemo, but you you do you stick yourself? Um, is, yes, I do. So how did you overcome the fear of sticking a needle in your arm? You know what it was. I've always, like I said, I've always been uh, wanted to be in entertainment. Always wanted to be doing something of that that nature. And I just think when the opportunity was there for me to go on tour, I really just that kind of was my driving force. Like, man, do you really want to do this? And, so, you know, going there and I remember coming in that day and the needles being on the table and the doctor looking at me and go, okay, today's your day. And I kind of looked at her like, for what? <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's when she was kind of like, uh, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to do those needles, man. So there, there it was. And I, and, and I just kind of went head first with it. I've always been kind of a guy to jump right into things. And I just, you know, I went with the flow of it and I realized that, Hey, I can do this, man. And I'm, you know, I, I kind of empowered myself at that moment. It was kind of empowering that moment that I did do it. So from then on, it was a little bit easier to do. Well, and, you know, you really have to just frame your mind like it's either this or what's the alternative. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of scary to think about that, but it's, you know, we're facing mortality, you know, head on, and we have a choice to live by doing some things that you never thought you could ever do before. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so what was it like touring to 40 different cities? And, um, I mean, you know, Pitbull is a, an amazing performer and high-energy guy uh what i see on stage and you know how did how did you keep up i mean was it a problem or no i actually you know it actually after doing the houses for a few before going on tour i actually had the energy to keep up and i had a 45 minute set before he even went on so i had to make sure that i was high energy enough to keep the crowd in tune and and, um and i was able to do my job i mean that's all i really wanted to do is make sure I did my part and uh, I kept up with him and I never, I didn't miss one show. So uh, it was really exhilarating to be able to do treatment, get off of treatment, show up and, and do my job as a performer as well. And uh, you know, I, I value myself on doing that. Well, and um, let me ask you, how are your socks fitting nowadays? <laughs> <laughs> They're fitting pretty good. They're fitting pretty good. And uh, you know, it, it's fitting excellent um, now. Um, you know, you have your days where you go over a little bit and try to find your way back a little bit. But being on treatment now, um, after being transplanted for six years and getting back on treatment now, I've been adjusting. I've been adjusting well um, to, to the treatments. I feel good. I'm doing a lot better. Well, you know, I understand that you received a kidney from your brother which is just the most incredible gift. And it, it lasted about six years. And then, you know, it just puttered out. And then you had to return to dialysis. And, you know, how did you how did you basically deal with that transition? Because it's just a reality when you have kidney disease. Well, what I did was I noticed that my kidney function started to lower. You know, when you're in, in touch, when you become a patient, and you're and you're into what's going on with your body. You get really in touch with your doctors, and you really want to know what's going on. You know what I mean? And you should always want to know what's the deal with your body, and where you are, and your treatments, and everything like that. And I started to realize after a few biopsies that my kidney was starting to slow down. So I made myself a plan because I really didn't want to go back in center. So I made myself a plan to return back to home neurodialysis. You know, 
um, and really take my action into my own hands and not leave it to anyone else to do. So that's what I did. So, so are you considering getting another transplant? Um, you know what? To be 100% transparent with you, at first I didn't consider. Only because um, the timing when everything will be different now, being that now I, I have two children, and uh, my wife, you know, she works full-time, and just the scheduling and the time of running around with two kids right now is so crazy that even getting back on treatment, kind of took a lot again to just get my timing down of what I can do with me being a um, stay-at-home father and very active in my kids' lives. Um, I'm I'm there 24-7. I take them to school. I do the hair. I do the pickups. I do lunches. <laughs> it's like to get a transplant be kind of out of the loop for another three, four months. And because and, my wife had took off work for me when I first did the transplant the first time. And, you know, she almost nearly got fired from her job for staying home with me. And it's just something now with children that we're kind of scared to risk. But her being the type of person she is, has been by my side through this whole ordeal. Just said if one comes that you should take it. So I have gotten back on the list um, recently and will be willing to uh, get a kidney if one was, if I was so blessed to get one again. Um, so it, at first I didn't want to, but now but now I'm considering to do it again. If it is to come to me, I would be blessed and it would be a privilege. Well, you know, uh, a little unsolicited advice, that's what I always tell people, is that, you know, you can always, I mean, I had two transplants that didn't work. And then my third one, you know, it was a seven-year gap between my second and third. And it, it I, I'm, I, I was born in Las Vegas. So I'm like, well, I'm just going to go for the odds and sign up. I mean, what do I have to lose? And, and then, you know, if it comes along, you don't have to take it. But I thought, you know, I've survived a transplant that hasn't worked. And if it if my third one doesn't work and it ended up lasting 20 years um, that um, but I just, you know, I just like that little opportunity of hope that I, I wouldn't have to live on a machine for the rest of my life. <laughs> That's what I had to realize. I was just being, you know, as, as patients, you know, we're always um, thinking about everybody else as well as ourselves. And, you know, some of us are like. You know, man, I just don't want to hinder anybody from doing what they do. And that's, and that's what it was a case of, just not wanting to hinder my wife again and hinder my children again. But then at the same time, you know, I want to be around as well. And the chance to get another healthy kidney to be around longer, um, you know, I just took some talking to. And once I got to talking to, I was like, okay, you know. So I'm back on my list now and looking forward to receiving another kidney and hoping that I'm blessed with another one again. So... So tell us a little bit about what you're doing now. I mean, you said you're speaking. Um, are you still performing? And and I know that your stage name was created. David Rush was created because of kidney disease. Can you can you explain a little bit about that? Okay, you know, yeah. Th- First, that um, process? My, of course. Um, my da- my my name David Rush being um, coming from the uh, kidney disease was based off of when I first got my fistula in my arm. And, uh, you know, when you get the fish on your arm, uh-huh. you kind of feel that running sensation on your arm, like it's really the blood running and rushing to your arm, and that's where the rush came from. Um, and so, you know, my first name is David, and I took the last name Rush um, from because of that. So um, Dallas has played a big role in my name, my musical name. <laughs> um, and people always ask where the rush came from, and that's why I get to tell them, like, sometimes I'm going my arm, and they're, like, freaked out by it. But... Um, <laughs> It's a cool little, it's a cool table discussion. Also, uh, I am still performing. I'm just, I took some time off, of course, just to help 
kept my kids up until the first grade point so that way they had full days of school again. And, but from zero to five, I've been a stay-at-home dad, so it's kind of hard to go out and really perform and not be home for long periods of time. So I decided to let myself, you know, do the right thing and be a father first and be there for my children and be a husband and be there for my wife. For these first, you know, vital years of my kid's life, I wanted to be there. Because um, unfortunately, my father wasn't there in the beginning, so I wanted to just make a difference and be there for my children. I have a privilege with my father now, but, you know, I just always wanted to be there for my kids every step of the way. Um, and so I am still performing. I'm still, I, I've written writing for other artists and doing performances uh, on a lower scale, even though through that whole that whole time still. So stay relevant in the music business and in the acting world and in the film world as well just doing different things and getting my name out there. So just looking forward to getting back in the full swing of it now that the kids are a little bit older. And the speaking engagements I've been doing for the last six, seven years. I'm actually, again, in Chicago now speaking on behalf of any patients everywhere for Northwestern Medical School. Um, my LLC, David Rush Speaks, I started up last year and I've been booking ever since to do these motivational speakings for various companies. And um, it's been very successful and I'm just continuing to do it and able to show my family what I do and have them eye with me this time around. The National Kidney Day today is um, pretty awesome. So, I know it is. You know, it's interesting because it, it is, we're, well, we're actually, um, this is going to broadcast at a later date, but it, it is, it's, it's, it's so important to share awareness about your illness and, you know, what caused your illness. And may I ask, what, what caused your kidney failure? Well, mine being FSCS, um, one of the rare forms of it, I, it really wasn't nothing that I knew about. I didn't have hypertension. I didn't have diabetes. Um, kidney disease finally came first, and then all those things kind of followed. So I'm not really sure how I developed it. Not nothing that my parents had or anything like that. Um, I guess I was just picked. I don't know. I really don't know where it came from. Um, it could have been something we eat. You know, it's food we eat, things we drink. It could have came through that. I really have no final answer, though. I remember somebody telling me, oh, you're just special. And I'm like, well, I would have preferred not to be special. Yeah, but, I um, <laughs> to get a crown or something if I'm special, not, um, but, not kidney disease. But adversity does introduce you to yourself. So I can say, you know, that's um, one of the benefits of an illness. Um, I did have uh, the privilege of seeing, you know, a Facebook Live session of you performing Home Hemo. Um, and how you did it. And I thought that was such an educational tool that will benefit so many people, just kind of seeing the process and, and you know, it, it makes it less scary. Um, yes, yes. Okay, and, you know, I did do one, and I wanted to just show the world, you know, um, what it was to do a dialysis treatment in your home. Um, and it's so coincidental that the day that I want to do it at home is the day that I get alarms that I know how to fix. So was, <laughs> Murphy's I, Law. I, I was, you know, it's supposed to happen that way. I thought it was going to be all cool and run through it smooth, um, but it didn't happen that way. But I'm glad it didn't happen that way because then you get to show people both sides of how it goes down. And, you know, that they are risky at home and you show them the good and the bad. And people are really interested. I got a lot of questions, a lot of comments. Um, I just thought it was amazing to show them. And I'll probably do another one very soon. Again, um, just to show people what I'm doing. I try to educate people and I try to you know, give people a little bit of motivation just to tell them, like, hey, man, at the same time, you're looking at me saying, oh, man, I feel sorry for you. I'm sorry you're going through this. There's somebody out there doing something 10 times worse than me. 
So I just want to show you guys that you can make it as well. And, that, and that's what I try to push across. I live by the motto, wins only. Um, but something that me and my team always scream to each other, wins only, because we feel like in every day lessons, even in losses, there's a lesson. So you win at the end of the day because knowledge is power. So it's a win. And uh, that's what I try to preach to people that I work with and just try to educate them on what I do to make it go to their life, whatever they may, they may be going to. I mean, I have kidney disease, but they just need, need some type of motiva- motivation. You know, I wrote a book called Chronically Happy. And, you know, I wake up every morning and some days I'm chronically happy, damn it. Um, you know, because it takes a certain amount of anger to, you know, get up and do all the crap you have to do to live with this illness. But at the end of the day, um, you you have to be a glass half full or we can be as miserable as we want with the time we have left. Yeah. And, um, you know, and it's it's hard because it's kidney disease is super challenging and you know we we lose people we care about and and sometimes and I you've probably seen this but I, I lose people I care about or have gotten to know because they did they weren't proactive in their care and it's so frustrating when you want to give them this and you said it earlier knowledge is power and um, I consistently run into people who don't know their labs or they don't know, you know, certain, you know, basic elements. And I love the fact that you called out all the numbers of, you know, what my creatinine was and what's this. And, and you know, you have to become an expert to live well with kidney disease. And I commend you for becoming an expert. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate it. You know, I have to, I have to, I, you know, I, I did not do it alone. I have to credit my nurses. I have to credit my wife. I have to credit my family, my, my friends, my support system who had my back through this whole thing. Um, like you said, waking up every day with kidney disease is not easy. Hooking up to that machine every day for three hours, four hours at a time is not easy. Putting those needles in the arm is not easy. You have to be mentally, as far as physically, not even physically, more mentally ready to do these things. And if you don't have a good support system and if you don't have self-will, you will not be able to do these things. And, and like, you know, waking up every day and looking at my children and knowing they're expecting daddy to be a superhero today. <laughs> I have to make sure that I have to be a superhero. Maybe the superhero might have needles in his arm for three hours of the day, but I'm going to still get off that machine and still be what my kids, my kids need me to be. And, um, and that's what my driving force is now. Before it was just being a musician and living on my own and, you know, doing what I'm doing now. It's just totally switched over to, portraying it's like that you know when my legacy when my day comes when my number's called people who know me my children my family will say man you know what this guy had all this going on but look what he did and look how he did it and that's what my legacy is most important my mother passed away um she left hers and it just um, i just wanted to pick up the so ring sorry about that <laughs> yeah my mom i lost her at, at 55 years old she would have been five years ago she would have been 60 years old in uh, february 23rd of this year her birthday just passed um she's my biggest fan my best friend and um she taught me that you know she was the model wins only that was her model first and um i took it and um, i've just been running away ever since and i think it's given me a sense of purpose a sense of life um a sense to want to see other people live their life to the fullest and you know it hurts me and i see people who don't when they're not even in any type of situation, they're not sick, and they don't have to put needles in their arm, and they're miserable. I mean, I'm just like, man, please, like, I would love to trade for a couple of days, but then at the same time, I wouldn't, right. because then I, I wouldn't be me. So, um, 
you know, I just, I, anyone who's doing this, I commend them and I, I, and I, I pray for them. And I hope that, you know, if they are down, that you, know, you find something that brings you up, find something that pulls you through the day, focus on that, and, and just, you know, and just don't keep going forward. Always, always up, always forward, always, always up and forward. That's what I try to preach to my people and my friends. Well, I'm motivated. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to go conquer the world. So um, thank you, David. I I really appreciate it. And, um, you know, good luck to you. And I look forward to uh, following you and seeing all your adventures on the Internet. You will see them. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Kidney Talk, a program of Renal Support Network. Please make sure to find us on Facebook or sign up for our newsletter at rsnhope.org. Kidney Talk is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment from your physician. Always seek the advice of your own health care provider regarding your medical condition.